Welcome back to The Rafiki Way. I'm Carly Nimmo. In our last episode, we looked at the Australian arm of Rafiki Moema. You met some of the people involved and heard about some of the work they're doing. And today, we're going to head back to Kenya. In episode two, we learned what life is like on the farm and how the farm functions. And in the third episode, we explored the various different outreach programs that are so important to Rafiki. In this episode, we're going to take a further look into Kenya. We'll paint a picture of the reality of life in Kenya, and we'll unpack how Rafiki ensures that they're empowering Kenyans, not just another white saviour-style charity or program. First up, let's paint you a better picture about what the reality of life is like in Kenya for so many. In 2012, 17% of Kenya's population lived below $1.90 US per day. This means that over 8.9 million Kenyans were in extreme poverty, most of whom were in rural areas. Kenya's poverty rates are amongst the highest in the developing world. National poverty prevalence is estimated at 45%. To give this some context and contrast, in comparison, in Australia, our 2022 Poverty in Australia snapshot found that there are 3.3 million people, or 13.4%, living below the poverty line of 50% of median income. In dollar figures, the poverty line here works out to $489 a week for a single adult and $1,027 a week for a couple with two children. Just to give you some insight into the disparity between poverty in Kenya and poverty in Australia. The impact of this widespread poverty in Kenya affects so many areas like a lack of access to safe and adequate housing, limited access to education and basic health care. And these in themselves are horrific, but all of these things result in increased family violence. Over 40% of Kenyan women report having experienced physical or sexual intimate partner violence. And one in four have experienced it by their partner in the last 12 months. Over 1.2 million children of school-going age are out of school and involved in practices such as child labour to support family income. There's also a 27% primary school dropout rate related directly to poverty issues. Even fewer children are enrolled in secondary school with only about a 40% enrolment rate. Child marriage rates are almost at 23% in Kenya. All of these things combine to create a really unsafe place for many children in Kenya. One study I read estimated the number of children living on the streets as 250,000. These children have to beg and scavenge for food, have little access to safe places to sleep. They often get sick with no medical treatment and they have no one looking out for them. Many of them sniff glue and take drugs to deal with the abuse that they face on the streets, which is why Rafiki Matani, the feeding program we talked about in episode three, exists. So here's a little reminder from Buba about the feeding program. The feeding program is a program that was set up or run by Rafiki Moema Therapeutic Center here in Nakuru, Kenya. And it's a place of caring, loving and counseling that is emotionally, physically and mentally caring for the most vulnerable families from the streets of Nakuru. Rafiki Moema through feeding program has been able to support more than 100 boys and girls 
on a daily basis who have been neglected and hated by the society. And as we speak, since this program started, we are on our way to win back the love, trust and acceptance that was long gone from the society. You can check the show notes. I've chucked some links in there to various research and studies into poverty in Kenya and the impacts if you're interested. One thing that Rafiki has been really clear on since day dot is that they don't want to come in as white saviours and teach the Kenyans the ways of the West. Kenya has a really strong culture of its own and it's not Rafiki's place to interfere or alter that to a westernised way of life. Rather, Rafiki exists to empower Kenyans to help them break cycles of poverty in ways that are culturally appropriate for them. White saviourdom... New word means that many Kenyans working with outsider agencies and charities will often tell the people in charge what they want to hear rather than the reality for fear of retribution. It was really important to Rafiki to have an honest appraisal of what it's like to work with the charity and to ensure it's being operated in a way that's empowering Kenyans, not colonising them. So recently the team engaged Anne from Grapnel to do an HR skills audit and a salary survey to check in with the staff and make sure that they were being paid fairly and everything was done properly in a way that was culturally appropriate and aware. So meet Anne from Grapnel. Rafiki Mama hired us to carry out a comprehensive review of their organisation structure and the, the various job roles and to carry out a skills audit as well as provide a competency framework. What came across for us was really the compassion they have for their children. They're passionate about their work. And it's interesting to see such a good um, relationship between the staff and the children. The children have a lot of respect for, their, for the staff team and the staff team also do respect each other and work with smiles and are very friendly to everyone who comes to the center. You can see the discipline that is among the children and you can also see how well they interact with the, with the teachers and um, the, with the carers. And just to see how the team is very comfortable to work around the children and work around each other is amazing. As we carried out our first assignment and got to engage with the staff, they have very good things to say about the environment they work in. And the most interesting thing is they say that they would not imagine working anywhere else. They would just want to work for Rafiki Moema because Rafiki Moema cares for them in the same way they care for the children. And at the heart of working for Rafiki Moema is the fact that they are allowed to make decisions and the fact that they are able to work um, with autonomy and yet feel that they are respected for the decisions they make. Sarah, who is uh, their leader, is, comp- is very compassionate over her staff. An example one of the staff gave us is that whenever they come from maternity leave and they have small children, they're never worried about having nannies or looking for nannies because they know that they will be allowed to come with their little ones to work and so they're able to take care of their little ones they're able to breastfeed their little ones even as they work that allows them 
to focus on work and that allows them to feel free to have their minds focused on the work that they're supposed to be doing. They also give about examples when they've been, they've had colleagues who are bereaved and the fact that everyone comes through for them, including the leadership of RMTC. They also talk about um, working in an environment where they have been allowed to grow in an environment where there is no fear. Feedback is greatly valued. And you see this when they, when you look, watch the staff work, especially with the, uh, within the feeding program where they, f they work with um, street children. In Kenya, street children are not viewed as friends and they're viewed as people who are out to commit crime. And there's a tendency to shun them. And it's interesting to see how Rafiki Mwema staff interact with street children. They have a lot of confidence in them. They have a lot of compassion and they have a lot of love for them. And in turn, I think for us, it was a very huge mind shift to just see, sit and talk to these children and also see how protective these street, street children are of, um, of, of Rafiki Mwema staff. And because these are staff who have taken time to know them and to love them and to take, you know, take care of them and feed them and even allow them an opportunity to read and write, they have um, also a sense of ownership of over the staff in the sense that they're very protective. And I remember as we sat and inter intera interacted with the staff, they were keen to find out uh, who we were and whether we were friends of the staff or we were people who who had come to, um, for lack of a better word, disturb the staff. And so you can see from that, just by the nature of how they do their work, they are compassionate and have taken ownership of Rafiki Mwema. And that for us is was was just interesting to see how a work environment can be very positive and even where we are in a space where people talk about the great resignation, where staff leave because they are disengaged from their workplace, it's interesting to see a flip where the work environment is very good for staff and they look forward to coming to work every day and they look forward to you know, working because they can see the difference that they make with, on, with um with the children that they work with and most importantly and exciting for them is the fact that they're able to, re to reintegrate children back into their families and in a very safe space. So now we're going to introduce you to an Australian who is the board treasurer of Rafiki Mwema. My name is Mitali Tiagi and I'm the board treasurer of Rafiki Mwema. My professional background um, is in economics, finance, international relations and international law. At the moment, I'm working with an organization that works with the 41 countries of the Asia Pacific to stop the flow of dirty money. In that regard, I work with countries um, as small as Niue, Nauru and Palau and as big as India, China and the United States um, on, you know, macro level systems and, and regulation. So um, the work that I'm doing with Rafiki is very different. It, it's much more um, hands-on and, uh, you know, I'm able to look at things in a much more detailed micro way and I'm, I'm really excited by that. Um, in the past, I've done a fair bit of work with technical assistance and capacity building in international or intergovernmental organizations. 
And so I, I have a real passion for um, the way in which uh, projects are set up to ensure respect, accountability and integrity in terms of um, any assistance that's provided across countries. And I'm really hoping to bring that perspective of um, transparency and integrity to Rafiki Moima. In my mind, there are two factors that make Rafiki Moima quite special. The first being that um, there is a scientific basis to its core um, activity, which is the psychological care of um, an incredibly vulnerable group of people, traumatized children, in a challenging context. Um, and uh, that that very uh, medical sci- scientific um, activity has necessarily spilled out into social programs and um, a need to include the community and the society because there is a holistic approach to the care provided to these children. And the way that Rafiki Muema has grown to um, ensure inclusivity of the community and the society of the children is really special. Um, and the provision of psychological care to these children is at the base of the work, but there is an acknowledgement that there is no such thing as emotional or psychological well-being without the broader context being considered. And that, that I think, makes Rafiki a, a very special place. The second factor that I think sets Rafiki apart is that ever since I've been part of the organization, and it hasn't been very long, it's been noticeable to me that all of the um, the work, the communications, the way in which conversations are had about the operations, acknowledge that there is no superiority of um, skills, there is no uh, presumption of authority that sits in Australia and the, that the rightful place for leadership and decision-making is within the Kenyan operations. This idea that there will be a white saviour that somehow will have the skills to come in and save people is something that we've seen you know, for centuries and hopefully it's becoming a, a rare um, concept now in charities and international aid structures but you know something tells me that 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 challenge is still outstanding but as far as I've been involved in Rafiki Muema I've noticed a real respect but also a real humility in the way that the Australian operations see their place in the broader scheme of Rafiki Muema's work with the Kenyan operations being at the centre And the way that the employment structure works is indicative of that. There are 1.5 FDE employed in Australia and over 40 in in Kenya. So I think that's that's something that, you know, is, is very admirable. Hopefully by now you're starting to get an understanding of the ethos and the integrity behind the organisation. But now let's take a minute to hear from someone whose life has been impacted by their own time at Rafiki. It's time to meet Brian. Brian was a child who came to Rafiki from the streets. And while it's important to know that any organisation you support is coming from a place of integrity, the reason we all do this is because of the kids. So let's hear a little bit about Brian's experience. Um, 
I am Brian from Rafiki Mwema and I'd love to share with you a short story of mine, of my past, before I joined Rafiki Mwema. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, it's so sad to remember my past days because uh, it wasn't so good. It wasn't so something that it was so enjoyable. It was so sad and cruel because um, like when I was living with my parents, they were used, used to be so violent, especially my dad. When he he got drunk, he just came home feeling so violent. He was so angry with me without even doing any mistake or anything. And then when he beats me, uh, my mom tries to help me and then we are beaten together. That heart broke me so much. That's when I decided that uh, at least I will have to find a new place and try to find a life because at home I never felt the love. Sometimes I thought like the people who are saying that home sweet home uh, were just being saying nothing that they know because I never felt my, the love of my parents. And so when I went to town, thinking that I'll find a new place, a place whereby no people is mind, all people are minding their own businesses, it's whereby I knew that I was just wrong because I found another cruelty. I found the harsh conditions there, like rain, sleeping on sacks, sleeping on the, on the roads whereby people are passing by, police brutality, they were just beating us. And the people that we depended on to give us food, they were not, they never liked to see us. They never wanted to see, even see our faces going to beg for food. And that made my life so bad, uh, so um, so hard. Sometimes I even wished that I could just be caught with by the police so that, so that I can go in the cells, so that I can have the free food. Because only food worried me and even the hostility there. I used to be so sick um, because of the rain, because of the cold and uh, such, a, such a thing fights among ourselves like my brothers there yeah. and it used to be so hard um rafiki Mwemo has really 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 changed my life positively when i came to rafiki Mwemo, like i i didn't say this i was negative always negative i knew that people are not good i know i knew that going to young people is not something that is okay because of the police brutality so like everyone is not friendly with me i even i developed uh, staying alone like an introvert a bit um but when i came here and they showed me therapy they showed me how to, how we can interact they even changed my communication skills they even changed my the way i interact with people they changed my mentality that even when you are down even when you're poor there's still something that you can do in your life there are so much people that are caring for you to help you step to another to another level of life and that really motivates me to even want I, that motivated me one day i'll say that one day when i get uh when i get stable i want to start something like rafiki Mwema, even if it is partnering with them even if it is coming back to sponsor them because people out here in kenya are less fortunate and they need people who can help them but this is not what they find so a family like rafiki Mwema is helping them by visiting them like in the streets feeding them and helping them in some kind of ways and that is so helpful and lastly we're going to hear from jimmy who is the current chair at kenya he's been involved in the organization since the very beginning so meet jimmy working in rafiki Mwema is one of the venues that um, 
you work with a difference where I'm talking of working with therapy as part of your job where you are using therapy to talk to those kids to talk to the members of staff with everyone around you therapy is very much embraced so which means kids who are victims do not feel victimized attacked or even um, judged by what happened and i think that is very um, key for um, all our kids that that's the feeling they feel and i think i'm very privileged to be among the organization to work in the organization because it's very special to have leadership that allows you to incorporate what is socially acceptable in your country with what is foreign and positive and merge the two which means we have a very good combination of therapeutic teachings which are very foreign and very you know very unknown to the Kenyan concept but now intermarried with um, the Kenyan concept of how children should be brought up and the two intermarrying is one of the best um, results that can come out of an organization and this is happening in Rafiki Mwema and that's almost a wrap of this episode. But before we go, Rafiki has a trek coming up. So if this is your kind of thing, get involved. These are such great experiences for you, but it's also a really fabulous way to help fund the work that Rafiki do. So Lou from the Australian team is going to tell us a little bit more about this trek and how you can get involved. Hi, I'm Lou, and I just wanted to share some information on our next trek with Inspired Adventures. It's super exciting. Um, the last trek we held was really successful, and the supporters that went had an amazing experience. So this next trek that we will be launching is to the Scenic Rim, which is one of Lonely Planet's top 10 places in the world. But it's right here in Australia. Um, it's a three-day, 30K trek through the Scenic Rim, um, and it's quite achievable in terms of time and location. So it's only three days in November. It's easy to get to. It's about a medium-grade challenge, so a three out of five. Um, and there's a $3,000 fundraising target, which allows us to put more funds to our programs in, at, you know, in Kenya because um, nearly half of Kenya's population lives in poverty and it's putting the kids there at far greater risk of abuse and exploitation. Um, and really, it's quite tragic that one in three girls experience sexual violence during their childhood and thousands of children live on the street. This is something that we are trying to change, but it's only through the support um, of the people around us who undertake things like the trek that we can keep funding the work that we do. So it is a really beautiful um, trek that you're going on. It's in the Gold Coast. It's what they call a thriving rural paradise, and it's in the foothills of the Great Dividing Range. So you'll be supported by a local guide. You'll meet all the fellow travellers, like people who are coming with you, mostly people from uh, the networks of Rafiki Mwema, people who want to make a difference. So it's a really like-minded group of people. And basically, you will explore the area through the mountains, through the rainforest, um, climbing up through uh, Fassavern Valley and looking at views of uh, Lake Mugara. It's just an amazing trip. And like I said, it's one of the top 10 Lonely Planets destinations in the world. So we're pretty lucky to have it right here on our doorstep. Um, if you're interested in being involved, head over to our website and you'll find some info there or just get in touch with us. We would love you for you to join us. 
And stay tuned because coming up soon, you're going to hear from all of the ambassadors behind the scenes, the people that you know and love who have helped to raise the profile of Rafiki. See you then. Yeah.